This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. I think the more time you know that we spend in these situations, the more we'll figure it out. Uh, I know our coaching staff, especially Flus, puts those guys in very similar positions in, in practice, and they, and they rep that out. So... I would imagine over time it's going to get better. You know, the one thing we've talked about through the season is just finishing. Uh, we got to find ways to finish and, and win these ball games. And when we do that, and you think about all the close games, you know, we could be looking at a team that's going to ascend quickly. We're back with more of the Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook pregame show on Sports Radio 670 The Score with Molly, Patrick Manley, and Anthony Heron. Brought to you by Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook, official sportsbook of the Chicago Bears. Download the Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook app today. It's the pregame show on the score presented by Bet Rivers, official sports book of the Chicago Bears. Download that Bet Rivers app today, and we should let you know that was the general manager. That's the man with the plan, the man in the GM suit. That is Ryan Pauls, and he was on with uh, WBBM, our sister station, talking about finishing. And, um, yeah, I mean – didn't Aaron Donald finish the Super Bowl? If you had a pass rusher, maybe you finish a little bit. But let's not. But they could have said quickly. Uh, a pass catcher would help. Uh, here's the thing. Uh, Pat, they lost last week's game in part. When you look at the shootout results, the Bears offense scored uh, more points than mm-hmm. Miami's offense. But, of course, they allowed the block punt. And we talked about that. And we talked about Khalil Herbert and missing that block. And you said that Adrian Peterson had done that previously, that it wasn't unusual to have a player like that. We were talking to Dave Wanstead this week, and he said, why not just use David Montgomery there? You know, he's a good blocker. It's not like there's that many punts in a game. Would it kill you to have him replace Khalil Herbert? Do you expect Herbert to remain in that spot after that error? Is that one you just throw out? Does it take two dropped uh, Punt, punts before you lose your job and wind up on the uh, on the uh, the inactive list. I, and I'm not suggesting that for Herbert; he's too valuable. Mm-hmm. But would you make any kind of move with him? And yeah. should we keep an eye out for that? Maybe. No, I'm putting him right back out there. He just okay. made a terrible mistake. There's something that all the special teams coaches I've been around they never co- coach the cut. You know, he was trying to cut Jalen Phillips, who was an exceptional pass rusher, and that's what he's great at. And they tell you, if you are going to cut, you have to be 100% right. And he was not 100% right. His technique was poor. He went for the outside leg. He got swimmed inside. Got a little too much depth, whatever. That's the, you know, the coaching points. But 
I, I, I think he's too valuable out there as a cover guy. He's a pretty darn good cover guy, and he's a guy that, you know, watching the tape of him, normally you have those wings, they're your contained guys. Well, he's not a contained guy. They have a little different system. If you get out first, then you're going to be a ball guy. You're going to be a force guy. You're going to be a – then you get out to contain and all that kind of stuff. And he does a nice job in coverage. So I think he's too valuable in that. I think he just honestly made a bad decision to cut an exceptional pass rusher. And, Anthony, I'd love to hear your thoughts on – I'm sure you played on the punt rush team and you'd love to do it because you could throw your pass <laughs> rush moves on these guys that that's not really their job, a tight end, a linebacker, or somebody like that. And you would think that – Khalil Herbert would be better at it because he is a running back and does have to pass protect, but he just made a mistake. I just don't think you'll ever see him cut again, and I just, I, I'm just i not a big believer in the cut just from what I've been told, and then when you do miss, that's what happens. And for the Dolphins to have a guy who's essentially their starting defensive end mm-hmm. slash outside linebacker yeah. type, to have him out there, that wasn't a punt safe. You know, you'll no. see starting defensive linemen out there when you're going punt safe at times, but he's out there in their true punt rush squad and that's not a matchup Khalil Herbert will see very often but you'll you'll get it on occasion or even if it's just a rotational pass rusher you, you'll see on occasion guys who are quality pass rushers who are out there Jalen Phillips is a mammoth individual and, and a very gifted pass rusher and super athletic um, but for Khalil Herbert yeah I mean it's it's he's been out there he, he hasn't been out there for every single punt protection this season but he's been there the bulk of the year he's been out there for the majority of him, and there's a reason we hadn't noticed him before because he's been getting the job done. So I, I don't think that with his first true, you know, blown assignment, his first true missed block in punt pro of the year leading to, I mean, it's a crucial error that, to your point, Mully ends up leading to the Bears from a scoring margin perspective. You can point to that as one of the key reasons they lost the game because not only did a punt get blocked or, you know, you maybe you force a bad punt because you gave up a little pressure – it led to a touchdown. It directly led to a right. touchdown for the Miami Dolphins. So it's a crucial, a critical error. But he's been out there all season getting the job done for the most part. And so I, I don't anticipate uh, you know, Brian Hightower making a quick change there. And to your question about David Montgomery, you, you certainly – there will be – if, usually if you're putting a starter in punt pro, it's usually a starting defender, maybe a starting tight end, Cole Komet type. Starting running back, you know, I'm not, you know, obviously like Wani told you guys, it's happened before. Right. It's it's not a preference. You know, running back is already, you, Beaten up you know, you could argue the most physical position on the team. Like who comes out of the game most banged up? Frequently it's your running back, and especially with the amount of run, the amount of touches David Montgomery gets for the Chicago Bears. So that that's a that's a level of risk that I don't think this offense is necessarily in a position to take with a player as valuable as David Montgomery. They have done a remarkable job on special teams this year, right? The kicker is fantastic, Cairo Santos. We, we don't talk about him enough, and that's a good thing. Patrick Scales does a great job. Mm-hmm. Trenton Gill might be as good a rookie as they have, and that's saying something because he's really good punting and also holding. I just think that, unfortunately, we've spent a lot of time talking about Phelous Jones Jr. because those have been very costly mistakes. And now we're mentioning mentioning uh, Khalil Herbert on a on a negative uh, play. So it's it's like those when a special team play goes awry, it gets a ton of attention because, especially last week in a game where there were no turnovers, that was the difference. That was the stolen possession, the extra points. That was the the play that kind of as you go back and look through. Uh, damn, if that one doesn't happen, we win the game. 
Yeah, on this team right now, you can't have those mistakes. You have to be solid on special teams. You expe- you expect your team to do that because they are out outmanned on defense, outmanned on offense. Maybe not so much on offense now with Justin Fields' development, but you can't have that and win games. That's obvious. So that showed it showed its head, and that's being preached in that room that we have to do our job to help this team win. There's other teams. You if you have the a great defense, dynamic quarterback, you can make a mistake here or there throughout the season on special teams and live th- live through it. But not this team right now. You can't do it. Margin for error is just too small. Mm-hmm. Yep. The margin for error is too small to to not win the turnover battle, to give up points on special teams. That that has to be the formula for this Bears squad to come up with wins. They need to be the one who runs a punt back or runs a kick back into the red zone, and now you got a you know an easy field goal or maybe a touchdown on the board for the offense. They got to be the squad blocking punts or or running fakes that that you know give them an extra possession. Speaking of fakes, real offense. quick. Detroit has run two successfully already this year. Right. So that's on the table as well for this special teams unit. They're, they're Which Fipp will run some, yes, very much so. And yeah, the other thing, that. too, guys, that with the weather changing, the kickoff return is going to become part of the game. Yeah. You know, not the t- it's not going to be touchbacks anymore. It's going to become part of the game. So we'll see what they can do with the kickoff return game. Can Khalil Herbert, if he's the returner, can he get the ball out there and help the field position with this offense? Because Would you like to talk through the PSI? I mean, you're, you're essentially saying, you know, it's colder, crisper <laughs> yes. conditions, the, yes. the football will hang in the air a little yes. bit yeah. more. It's yeah. like yeah. kicking a cinder block at right. times. Right. Why is the, explain that for the folks. Why, why the kick return game is going to be more of a bigger part of things now. It's just colder. <laughs> <laughs> it is. The ball just doesn't fly the same. You're going to see, you know, uh, Cairo Santos not line up for 53-yard field goals, you know, as, as the season goes along. You're going to that, that field goal line or whatever you call it, that little green line you see on the, right. on the TV, that thing's going to move up three, four to five to six yards. So it's just it's, that, that the game changes now special teams-wise, especially in this city. Is that, is that line determined by what's going on in the pregame? Pregame. As yeah, you'll go out in the pregame and you'll go to the north end, you'll go to yes. the south end, you'll go to the special teams coach or assistant, tell them the yard line, and then yeah. that's relayed to the, to the head coach. I don't know if he writes it down or he's asking while the drive's going, but uh, it's all done in the pregame, yeah. Yeah. That's, you know, listen – this is all kind of inside football. This is good stuff. Um, unfortunately, this has been far too determinate, right? I mean, because now now the Bears have a chance to score points. Now they they finally have gotten to a point, and I just wonder when you when you see everything that happened over the week with Justin Fields. You know, dude's a baller. Um, I I think. Uh, uh, Rex Ryan on ESPN, Buddy's son, right? The guy was a ball boy here years and years ago. He's saying that his ceiling's higher than any other young quarterback in the league, talking about Justin Fields. We're seeing it. I, the, the NFL, the league itself on their website, runs a, uh, a top 10 quarterback. They, they rate every quarterback on a weekly basis. Justin Fields is now considered, in their eyes, the 10th best quarterback in the NFL, ahead of Aaron wow. Rodgers, ahead of, uh, <laughs> of of the Super Bowl winner, Matthew Stafford. I, I mean, I'm not making this up. He's one head uh, ahead of uh, uh, Justin Herbert. Now, I don't – I mean, these are these it are was just three lists. weeks ago where most exactly. of the people in this town, let alone exactly. around the country, wanted to bench the kid. I, I, <laughs> now he's one of the top is, ten I, quarterbacks in football. I just want to – got to love this league, man. you got to love this yes. league. That's how that's how quickly it turns, and that's how Justin Fields now that's you know oh, would have been drafted man. ahead of anybody in his draft. He's the best. It's it's comical to a certain extent, yes. and you and you see you're skeptic about those that reality, Anthony. But the fact is that now 
people will look at the Bears like, oh, what did Fields do? You know, how many fantasy points did he put up? Did he break 100 again? They're going to be looking at him with um, in a different fashion. And I'm just curious, does that change anything in terms of what the Bears want to get done, how the play – he seems really – I love – the way he's approached this. He might be the only guy in town that's not buying into all the hype, at least publicly. Uh, everyone else getting ahead of themselves a little. You know what I love, guys? You know what I love is hearing Luke Getze talk about this game, and he still coached him hard. The run that he had, the long run, he said, well, he made the wrong, he made the, he made a, uh, the wrong decision as far as quarterback development. He should have hit Darnell Mooney, you know, stayed in the pocket and hit him for the 15, 20-yard gain. And then he talked about you know like the interception that was overturned. He coached him hard on that, and he did that publicly to us. And I think that's great. I mean, yes, you can pat the young man on the back, but you still have to coach this guy hard. There's still room for improvement. Oh, he he ran for the 61, 63 yard thing. That that's just something you can't coach, and that's awesome. But I love the fact they're still coaching him up as a quarterback, saying this is actually the right read to make. And I I, I think that's great for him. I think it's that's the way he should be coached. I think that's the way everybody should be coached. Yes, you can pat him on the back, but you still want them to be better and play and try to play a perfect game. You can never play a perfect game, but try to play a perfect game. And that reality is why I, I don't necessarily, you know, like when we had Groats on a, a few minutes ago when he was talking about kind of what's the next step for Justin Fields and the Bears offense and is it a, a 200-yard game, a 300-yard game? I believe those games will come, but I don't necessarily believe that that's what the – the next step in the process, I don't think it should be judged based off of that because we're at a point now where we're seeing Justin Fields and the Bears offense begin to stack performances. Mm -hmm. That, to me, is what this is about. Consistency in the National Football League is so incredibly difficult to attain initially and then to sustain it over a longer period of time. So I don't think that, you know, if in today's game against this porous Lions defense, if Justin Fields doesn't throw for 250 or if he happens to throw an interception to a defense that has, that has been showing itself better and better taking the football away lately, then I don't think you come out of this game and say it's this huge step back for Justin Fields. If you can continue to, to see consistent playmaking, consistent decisiveness and decision-making from him, accuracy as he's looking to try and throw receivers open. That, to me, is, is what it's about more so than the amount of yards he throws for. Are the Bears moving the ball? Are they getting it into the red zone when it's in there? Are they finding ways to score it? Is Justin Fields a key member in that? And that's why, you know, where back when, you know, whether I was arguing with Dan and Lawrence early in the season about the stats when Justin Fields didn't want to cop to the passing game not working or when I'm you know, debating with right. David about whether or not Matt Eberflus makes sense when he's saying he saw progress after the commander's game because the coaches judge the minutia of these situations. They evaluate every minute detail of yep. the film when they go in and they were seeing that Justin Fields was becoming more decisive. They were seeing right. that Justin Fields were putting the football in positions for his playmakers to make plays and now you're seeing more of the playmakers around him begin to make those plays. Cole Komet catching the rock consistently, having Chase Claypool out there, scheming up opportunities for Darnell Mooney. All those things equating to the Bears now putting more points on the board and the, the field generalship, the, master, the yep. mastery of the system for fields with all the ball handling in the backfield. None yep. of that they could access in week one the way that they can access now at this point. So, yes, there have been tweaks to the Bears' offense, but folks are acting like Luke Getzey's running a completely different system than he was before. He's not. 
His so, players are getting better at it, and they're tweaking it. True. They're refining it as they go, and as every team in the league does. You're looking at film over there and saying, you know what? That might work for us. Mm-hmm. They so, should do that, and they will continue to do it. But it's not some new system. Let's talk about Getze, because I think it was Danny on, on the afternoon show said that, like, right now, if Getze gets another job, he'd fire Ibraflus to keep Getze. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Who did you say take. said that? Who did you say uh, said that? Danny Parker. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> Just kidding, Danny. No, that's funny. But but it is. I mean, it's taking a point and going way over the top. Well, and they did. I, it, I, hey, Molly, they did it in Tampa with Lovey, right? They with Jameis Winston. In Tampa with with. And Dirk how did Cutter. that work out? That's right. How did it that did work, not out? work out? No, it didn't no. work out at all. They, you know, I I think. Years ago, Pat, you'll remember this. Gary Croton was here, oh, yeah. and and it, and and someone wrote off a game in Tampa that they ought to fire uh, uh, Dick Duran and, mm-hmm. and let Gary Co- Croton be the head coach. I mean, this is not a kind of a new development. This has been a take people have had. I, I think that that it's really it's interesting to me that Getzey has been as good as he's been, and he's been very good, especially when you see like Nathaniel Hackett go out to, to Denver and apparently doesn't know how to coach football. When you see a Green Bay, all of a sudden a guy was going 13-3 and three just by showing up and throwing the ball to his quarterback, all of a sudden he can't coach football. It, it's amazing that Getze actually – he actually called plays, not in the NFL level, but he actually had that in his background, and that helps a ton. And I think he's done a really masterful job – with, as you're saying, just being aware of the small things, coaching the guy up. Doing, Justin Fields is incredible. I, I mean, he's the best player on the field when he wants to be. And, he, and it's just an extraordinary skill. But he's still working on all these other elements of it. And, and frankly, Getsy called it. He said that they were, you know, we're seeing things, we're getting better. And then they got better. So to see that coming is pretty impressive. Yeah, well, it, I mean, it's- it would be unfortunate to see Luke Getsy leave. Yes. Just because of the development of Justin Fields, and I think we're seeing it right in front of us. And, Anthony, you talked about his ball-handling skills have improved. He obviously learned some from Aaron Rodgers with Luke Getzey up there and how important that is. Um, but I just think for his development, anything to keep him here. You know, I just hope he doesn't get a head coaching job yet just because selfishly I want to see him con- to continue to develop Justin Fields and to have another coordinator quarterback coach come in would just not be helpful. Yeah, most of the questions Luke Getzey was getting up until the mini-buy were about why his offense wasn't working. Uh, and then now here in the, what, three games now since the, the mini-buy, now we're, we're seeing an offense that's putting points on the board. I don't think he's necessarily in line for any head coaching gigs yet, mm-hmm. but we have seen this function pretty quickly. If, if it happened, I'd be comfortable with Luke Getze going out the door and, and Matt Eberflus uh, re- retaining his role as the head man for the Chicago Bears. I'd like to see a little bit more from, from Getze first before, before he became the head man in Chicago. I, I really appreciate what uh, Ibraflus has done in terms of changing the culture, in terms of, you know, he's been the adult in the room. He's come in and, and kept notes, and I, I think we've seen good coaching. And I'd love to know what that would look like if they had, you know, a higher talent level. I'd, I'd love to know how that would translate moving forward. Next season. Next season, hopefully that's it. And you were talking about coaches moving up to the, being a head coach. Yep. Yeah, you can call plays, you can be a coordinator, and you see guys get one step too far. Yes. But to be a head coach, you have to be able to have that management skill as well. And some guys just don't have it. It seems maybe like right now Nathaniel Hackett does not have that. Obviously he's a good play caller, offensive coordinator and all that, 
But that's a different skill set you have to have as well as being a, a, as just a football coach or an X's and O's guy. All right, we're going to uh, we're going to keep it going. We've got uh, a lot left for you. We're eventually going to make our picks before we get out of here. Could this be the afternoon? Fun to talk about the quarterback. Fun to talk about everything going on with the Bears' offense and. And, you know, I, I don't know if it's as much fun to talk defense, but we'll, uh, we'll get into some of the, uh, the actual moments of this game. There's a, there's a running back in Detroit that's mad, and he wants to prove something. So we'll, uh, we'll mention that next. It's the pregame show. It's the score. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – Price and coverage match limited by state law. You know, that's a team, you know, they take, you really model their, themselves after the, the head coach, and they're a tough and gritty bunch. Um, they compete at a high level. Uh, so we got to make sure we, we bring it. And, and obviously this is a divisional game, so this is one we have to win. That again, Ryan Poles, you're listening to the pregame show, and he's talking about the Lions, and we should let you know, there's still time to get yourself some Zing Zang. Why don't you go out and try the new Zing Zang Bloody Mary canned cocktails with premium vodka already in the can. They're always ready, and they're perfect for your game day tailgates. Please Zing Zang responsibly. Um, it's interesting because the Lions have a pretty good running back in DeAndre Swift when he's available. And what they've been struggling with uh, in this, his third year in the league, and they took him high in the second round, uh, just uh, I think two or three picks into the second round. Um, he's he's had a lot of injuries. He's had a lot of little ticky-tack stuff that has kept him out, and he's played, I think, 13 out of uh, 17 games uh, last year and, uh, and 13 games the year before, 
Uh, he's back. He plays last week, and he catches a pass, and he gets down to the one-yard line, and they take him out, and he's visibly upset about it. He's clearly frustrated. He wants to play more, but they have to be careful about his usage. And I, I think he only had like nine touches in that game last week. Uh, you know, very effective player, former Georgia running back, but um, but you just got to be careful about how you use him and you like a guy who's angry, right? You like a guy that wants to do more. I just don't want him to be doing it today, right? Especially with that Bears uh, run defense. Yeah, I, I, I'm a fan of his for a couple reasons. I, you know, I grew up in Georgia and I've watched a lot of Georgia football, and but he's a very good running back coming out of of college. And I'm just, yeah. you know, it is unfortunate he's been injured like that. And the other reason why I like him is because he dropped that pass back in 2020 against the Bears to help the Bears win. But um, he's a guy that does scare you. The guy is dynamic. He kind of reminds me of the Tony Pollard out of Dallas where you can hit a home run when you get the ball in his hands. He's very dynamic out of the backfield in the passing game. Uh, very good running back. And I'm shocked. And I wanted to ask Dave Burkett or Burkett um, from the Detroit – I didn't get a chance to – from the uh, Detroit Free Press yeah. of why he's not getting more touches. I understand he's injured. He's only played in five games. But I'm looking at his stats here, and I forgot about this against Philly – he had 15 rushes for 144 yards. Um, I don't know what the long one was, but uh, um, for an average of 9.6 yards per game or per, per per rush, and it's just he's a guy that scares me for this Detroit offense. I think in in some ways DeAndre Swift is you know where we, we've had our discussion in Chicago about Tevin Jenkins, who unfortunately today is not going to hmm. play because he's injured, but just in in whether or not you know the Bears should have had him in the lineup earlier and more frequently and why is he rotating why wasn't he starting things like that and there, there's a little bit of that that's trailed DeAndre Swift also like even in his time at Georgia made a lot of plays and got the rock a lot but there was always this little this little inkling of a conversation around him of and he's one of these guys that I, I got to watch coming out of high school also played in the, the All-American Bowl that I call for NBC and he was always kind of that guy who's like, man, he's just so much more physically gifted than everyone around him. And he makes the game look easy at times. And he's, he's capable of doing everything. He's a runner. He's a pass receiver. He's a route runner. He can. He's stout enough and built low to the ground to be able to pass protect. And he's got straight line speed. He's got wiggle. He's got, like, all these different elements that you hope for, hope for in a top flight running back in, in the NFL in his time in Detroit. He's had a lot of flashes. But – he hasn't always shown himself as the guy, like playing at his peak. When he's at his peak, he looks kind of like a poor man, Saquon Barkley. Like he's got a lot of those elements to him. And I think for, for Detroit, my impression is that that's a part of it. You know, the, the dependability to keep him in, in the lineup and keep him healthy is a part of it. But then also just, you know, Jamal Williams is a, is a talented runner as well. And he brings it. Like he, he runs through contact, runs with ferocity. And, you know, I, I think that, to, to make sure that they are, are getting the most out of DeAndre Swift and perhaps even the additional motivation that comes with it as well. They're saying, you know what, we, we can function offensively without you, even in games where you're healthy, where you're active. Those are the guys who can make plays for us as well. And it might not always be the most wise way to go about it, but I do think my impression is the Lions are trying to find ways to tap into peak DeAndre Swift, and they don't necessarily always feel like they get peak Swift. If they do, uh, Jack Sanborn's in trouble because yes. he's him in coverage against DeAndre Swift is, oh is a matchup that would favor Detroit. Yeah, that's trouble. And the other thing about this matchup today, you're talking about the front seven of the Bears and Jack Sanborn. Is this O line for Detroit? To me, their game plan today should be to try to run the ball down the Bears' throat. Mm-hmm. And it's weird to say this because, in me, in my opinion, of my game plan, I want to keep the ball away from the Bears' offense. 
because they hmm. can score points. We haven't said that in years, so it's kind of wild right. to hear that. Yeah. But to me, you got two first rounders at tackle. You got Frank Ragnall, first rounder at center, who was very, very good. Jonah Jackson and Evan Brown. You got you have a very good O line over there in Detroit, and that's a matchup that I think can really hurt the Bears if they start running the ball down their throat and controlling the clock and don't turn the ball over. That could really hurt this Bears team today. You know, the Bears allowed, I think, 11 touchdowns in five games heading into uh, the, the Dallas game, and now they've allowed 10 in two games. And I think when you when you look at that, you, you have to wonder, you know, you mentioned Jack Sanborn. It's nice to hear Allen uh, Williams single him out as a guy that made an impact. He was the only member of the front seven in the top five tacklers. The rest were all the secondary guys. The very fact that the secondary is having to tackle as much as it does tells you that they're not doing anything up front. And, and again, you can't – you know, I, I just am curious to see if the, if the defense can improve in this game because as much as we, we credit what the Lions have done, they, they passed the ball very well earlier in the year and they can run the ball and this guy's a, a dangerous player – you can't allow teams to run you over in the fashion in which the defense has the last two games. I don't know that they can get better. I, I, I against this team, maybe, but um, I, I just it's they're outmatched on paper. The other thing I was looking at here are the stats of that O line from Detroit. They've only given up 13 sacks on the season. That's fourth and the best in the NFL. So you're not going to be able to get pressure on them there either. So this is going to be another tough test for this defense. And I just don't know how they'll get better, but I think they can play a better game against a subpar team like the Detroit Lions. It's one of those things that to a, a similar vein of what I was discussing with the Bears offense earlier where, you know, the, the perception is they're doing all these different things when really most of the stuff they're doing is the same things they did early in the year. They're just getting better at them. I think for the Bears defense to, to hope that like last week – they wanted to get hands on the Miami receivers more frequently and not allow those free releases off the snap, and they didn't. I don't think it means that Allen Williams shouldn't try to put his, his defensive backs in a position for some press man coverage against Detroit today, but will they be better at impeding the progress of the route now? If they went back, they watched that film, they're not as threatened by the speed of Amon Ross St. Brown and, and Tom Kennedy, whoever else, you know, Jared Goff's going to try to throw the football to, that sort of thing, then I think you can grow – from that, you can look at it and say, you know what? I, I could have been that that extra half yard closer to him on his release. I could have used my inside hand when I saw his his body position going a certain direction and come out here and execute the same scheme, the same strategy in a better way this week than you did last week. And this is the Bears defense right now that would have to be built from the back moving forward as far as the expectations of productivity. Got higher expectations for the secondary than we do for the linebackers and we do for the defensive front. And uh, I, I believe that. They can at least be in a position to to improve, you know, sort of marginally week by week. You know, what, what does that end up getting you? I think for the D-line, there's enough experience up front. We kind of have a sense for what Justin Jones is, what Armand Watts is at this point in his career. You know, Aquadi Muhammad, who's not, you know, not healthy enough to even play in the game today. But there's guys who've been in the league long enough where we know these aren't star-level pass rushers. These aren't big-time, consistent playmakers. But to see them improve on, on a marginal basis and the way that can affect the, the Bears' defense as a whole, I think it's fair to at least expect you can, you can see a higher level of performance today than you did last week, the last couple of weeks. And, and I mean, you mentioned the Detroit line. They've got three former first-round picks, and the Bears right now have one. That would be the former Lions' first-round pick 
Riley Reef. That was that was like four teams ago, right? I mean, it's crazy to think about. Kevin Jenkins is, you know, the most prominent of the uh, of the Bears selected offensive lineman, and he's obviously unavailable. Yeah, it's just um, Cody White here is up there, but uh, and by the way, Cody didn't have his best game last week either. He came back from an injury, and I was. Uh, I was going to say that he, I thought he would play great, but you never know what the injury is coming off and how much he's hurting from that, and is he coming back early? But yeah, just that it's just it's the Bears have built this team differently with this offensive line. I think that to me is they have to address that this offseason to get more talent up front for Justin Fields. Yeah, I mean, listen, it, it's it's a problem, and it's something they're going to have to you know work on, and I I think that the defense that front seven. It's very interesting when you look at who they have right now. Who, who is, who's proven they belong here next year? There's not a lot of guys that have long-term contracts on this team. There are, you know, there are only two members of the front seven back from last year's team, and the guys that they had were obviously household names. A lot of them. So it's very curious to see how this team will shift and change from year to year, but. Obviously, we're more concerned with just whether or not they can play this week. Yeah, I mean, beyond being rotational pieces, there, there's no one in that front that you say they, they got to be here. But Dominique Robinson, is he a guy who we should be confident would be a rotational piece moving forward for seasons to come? Sure, that's because he's young, but not because he's playing at such a high level. And they drafted him. Right. All right, we've uh, we got Dan Pompey is going to join us next, and we'll give our picks. It is the pregame show here on The Score. We're back with more of the Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook pregame show on Sports Radio 670 The Score with Molly, Patrick Manley, and Anthony Heron. Brought to you by Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook, official sportsbook of the Chicago Bears. Download the Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook app today. It's the pregame show on The Score. We're delighted to welcome in our friend Dan Pompey. His name is Ritz in the Hall of Fame. He joins us now on the Score Hotline, presented by Circa Resort Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. Dan, good morning. How you doing? Good morning, fellas. I think uh, the Bears finally are going into a game as a favorite in a long time, right? Well, I mean, they, they, they won as an underdog in New England, and you thought something special was going to happen from then on. Have, having a little issue with the defense, but the offense has been great and Justin Fields has been great. So finally, they play an opponent you think they might be able to beat, but no one in town wants them to because everyone wants a high draft pick and a quarterback. <laughs> well, you know, the Lions are an interesting team. Um, you know, they, they obviously, I think, took a step forward last week to uh, repairing their, their defensive issues and made it change in their coaching staff and, and played pretty well against Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. I know everyone wants to kind of attribute that to Rodgers not playing well, uh, but you have to give some credit to the Lions and, and you have to wonder a little bit if they're going to continue in that vein to play like they did last week. Uh, the thing about the Lions is you know they can score points because they've done it. You know, I think they're 10th in the league in uh, points per game. They're 7th in yards. So... Um, they're going to score some points today, and the Bears obviously have to keep pace in order to win the game. Dan, part of the story is is Dan Campbell and Brad Holmes and what they're doing up there in Detroit. And I know you 
covered the entire NFL. What are your thoughts on them so far and what they're doing up there in Detroit? Yeah, you know, I, I think uh, th- that's a situation that needed some time. And, um, you know, if you look at their roster, you would say, you know, they need some more playmakers before they really can be competitive with the better teams in the league. Um, but I like what they've done. I really do. It, it just they haven't gotten the results yet. Uh, I think I spent a lot of time up there this year with Campbell. I was there again a couple of weeks ago. And, um, you know, I think Campbell is pretty special as head coach. I think, um, you know, he's got a great way of connecting with people. And um, players love playing for him. Um, you know, he's had some difficulties with, with the offense last year. Started out with Anthony Lynn as his coordinator and switched to Ben Johnson, who everyone likes you know, and, and, and thinks they've done a really good job. He, they think he's done a really good job up there this year, but uh, they've, had, they've had a lot of issues that have really stopped them from getting on track. My feel is that, you know, they're probably going to end up with a different quarterback next year. Uh, they felt like that was a trade that they had to make, uh, the golf for, uh, getting golf for Matthew Stafford uh, in order to, to turn the page and kind of start over again, especially financially. But I think... Uh, my, my bet is they're going to do it again next year, maybe with a rookie quarterback. Looking at a, another offensive line combination that'll be there blocking for Justin Fields today, and that's been a, a frequent thing for the Bears this season. So it, it seems like it should make it difficult to establish some continuity, but this system that Luke Getze has in place has kind of allowed them to, to continue to emerge throughout the year. So do you, do you think there's – there's much concern that should be with, with no Tevin Jenkins in the lineup and Whitehair just recently returning from injury. And obviously Sam Mustafer has been under some scrutiny. You know, Riley Reef now just a couple of games at right tackle. How do you view uh, another offensive line combination today being a storyline in the game? Yeah, it's a good question, Anthony. I think it's always a concern anytime you make a change. And, you know, the more changes you make, I think the more potential vulnerabilities there are. And uh, I think this is their seventh different offensive line combination in 10 games, which is unheard of. And, uh, you know, they weren't very good to begin with. So uh, you you look at uh, where they are now, and and you you certainly have to have concerns. Uh, On the plus side, you know, the Lions have not had a lot of success rushing the passer. So I think, uh, you know, the the Bears probably – hope they can get away with, you know, whatever they have out there today against the Detroit Lions uh, front four. Dan, the, the Lions haven't won in 13 straight road games. Uh, sadly, the last team they beat was the Bears, and that yeah, I remember that game pretty, uh, pretty clearly. Um, but I'm wondering, Dan Campbell 0 for 11 on the road. Is that just what happens when you're kind of, in the midst of a rebuild? Is that just a talent problem for them? Is there anything that you see that, that would explain why they can't seem to win on the road? Yeah, I think it's mostly talent, but, you know, hey, when you, when you have that kind of uh, streak, I think it, it, there's probably a lot of different things at play. There have been times there have been game management issues. You know, I, I think that's, that's uh, clear. Um, but I think mostly... You know, when you talk about winning tight games on the road, oftentimes that comes down to your quarterback making plays. You know, if you're in if you're in the game at the end, you know the quarterbacks and, and the kickers are the ones that are winning those. Right. And uh, you know the, the Lions haven't always had 
that working in their favor either, or maybe they've gone against teams that have better players making more plays against them in those positions. Dan, i got to ask you, I know it's not about the game, but we talked about the Jeff Saturday situation, and I always love getting your take on uh, NFL situations like this. So what's your thoughts on Jim Irsay giving that head coaching job to, to Jeff Saturday? Well, you know, I, I thought the whole thing was a little bit out there. Um, you know, even firing Frank Reich and, you know, the owner getting involved in the quarterback change, um, to me that's not a blueprint for success. And I think it, it's been a little it's out of character for what Ursay's done over a long period of time. So I was, I was surprised by all of it. Um, you know, I'm not completely against thinking outside the box, though. Um, and, and, you know, looking at a guy like Saturday and saying, you know, does, does he have the stuff of a head coach? Obviously, you know, he hasn't been tested. He hasn't done a lot of the things. He doesn't know what he doesn't know. You know, um, th- there would be a big learning curve. Uh, but, you know, uh, once upon a time, the NFL did it that way a lot of times. And, um, you know, I-, I think when you look at the number of head coaches that kind of come up the traditional way, the way they're supposed to do it, and they, you know, check all the boxes and take all the steps, then they fall flat on their face. Um, you know, you see that that's not always the, the uh, maybe the best way to do things either. So, um you know, I, I think it's it's an interesting experiment, and I'm looking forward to see how Saturday does. I think we all are. <laughs> all right, Dan. Yeah. Uh, what does Justin Fields do for an encore, and who'd you pick in the game? Yeah, I think uh, Fields needs to play well in this game. He needs to continue it. You know, Bears, over the last three games, are averaging 31.1 points per game. Uh, that's going to have to continue. And what the Bears cannot afford to do in this game is give the Lions extra possessions. So he's going to have to keep – taking good care of the football. I've got the Bears winning this one, uh, 31 to 29. Great stuff. Appreciate it, Dan. Okay, thanks, guys. I I like that 60 points. Uh, Anthony, (laughs) where did you go in your selection this week? I'm going to take a a Bears win, and uh, I think that one thing we haven't seen in recent weeks on social media since the offense is scoring touchdowns, suddenly you don't see all these pictures of open receivers that Justin Fields should have thrown it to like he's – reading the field like Peyton Manning now. He's not. He's still imperfect. There will still be places that the offense will will continue to get better at. But in the end, I think especially with this opponent, the Bears do have at least equal personnel. At certain spots, maybe even a personnel advantage. Certain spots, Lions got a personnel advantage too. But I think it will be the Bears in a high-scoring affair. I'm going to say the Bears win 35-28. to I I like that. You know, here's the thing. It's like 48.5 or something, the over-under. I mean, I, I, I'm with you. I was in this. I took the Bears, and I was in the 60s, as you were, and Dan. Pat, give I'm a, us the – uh, I'm right there with you up in the 60s. And I wow. just – the Bears have the best player on the field today. And that's going to be a difference, in my opinion, with these two rosters that are not very good. And I think another thing that's going to happen for this defense is finally that hits principle you were talking about. It's takeaway time. And Jared Goff yeah. will throw you some of those. And I think that's, that's a good possibility of getting those. I don't think they're going to get pressure with just the front four. I think Allen Williams is going to dial up a lot more blitzes to get to them, to get those turnovers. So I have the Bears winning 32-31. to 31. Do you have uh, maybe a, no a Jaquan Brisker as the blitzer? He Who's might be blitzer? the sack leader. He might be the sack leader of the game again. <laughs> I do like him blitzing, though. He's pretty good at yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. You know, Josh Gordon might be able to do a blitz. Uh, sure. Uh, what the hell? Yeah. Um, 
Did I call him Josh? Josh Gordon. Gordon. Yeah, Kyler Gordon. Kyler, yeah. Jeez, Josh Gordon. You can sign him off the street and him come in and blitz. <laughs> He's available. Uh, uh, all right, guys. Um, we should let you know that we will be here for you the minute the game ends. Myself and Patrick and uh, and Anthony, you will be here with the post-post show after Correct. us. So we'll be here for a couple hours, and then you get Anthony and all of his uh, insights. We'll, uh, we'll be watching it, as you will be. We're looking forward to it. Come on now. Surely the Bears can win a game, and surely we can be happy about it, right? Wouldn't it be glorious if we uh, had a post-game show where everything was going great and a win even uh, added in? That would be something special. Guys, uh, I'm on tomorrow morning at 530. Patrick, are you on tomorrow? Are you on Tuesday? Tuesdays. Tuesdays, Tuesdays with Dan and Lawrence. And, uh, and Anthony, where, when are you on? I'll, I'll be on tomorrow. I'll, be, I'll do Mondays with Dan and Lawrence as well. Okay. I'll be on there with Bernstein and Holmes. All right, guys, we'll uh, we'll be listening all along. We'll be watching. Come back to us the minute the game ends. Want to thank Adam Staszynski for his great work and uh, and Mitch Rosen and all the fine folks at the score. It is indeed the pregame show. Looking forward to a big game today between the Bears and the Lions. And it's been presented by Bet Rivers, official sportsbook of the Chicago Bears. Download the Bet Rivers app today. Thanks for listening. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.